Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com INTB and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com INTB. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to an episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Hey, how's it going? So last week we talked about, you know, how the movie theaters were going to survive, I guess, and if we're going to get anything in theaters. And and while we talked about all that, we did talk about how even though this pandemic's going on, that we're still getting some stuff. You know, yeah. people are still trying to make things. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people who already made content who still haven't released it yet. That's true. Um, there's weird things where it's like The Walking Dead should have ended their season for months now, but now they're going to wait a couple of more months to end to air one episode so they can end their season. Why? I think it's because I'm almost positive that they filmed majority of it, but they couldn't get everyone else to finish it. So I think that was, I don't know, whatever. But there's other projects that we know that are finishing or have finished or some are on pause or whatever. Um, But one I found out that is finished, apparently, getting released, not from here, is this show called Trickster. It's a Canadian television show. I know, it's very exciting, right? Weird. But... It's it's like a sci-fi-ish, maybe like a teen-ish drama, but it has a very large Native American cast. I, I just happened to come across it, and I was like, oh, that guy looks like he's Native. Oh, that girl looks like he's Native. I wonder if it's about Native people. And sure enough, it's about this kid who, obviously, they live in Canada. He, I guess he never knew his father or something. But then weird shit starts happening, and then his father comes to meet him, and it comes out mm. that his dad is like a is like a trickster demon. Oh, and that's and so like I guess he's part or something, and mm. I don't really know what the show's about because there's a lot like of Percy Jackson, but for like brown people. No, because that's dumb. I think it's more of like <laughs> he's trying to. He's like, yeah, I don't know, maybe, because it's like, I think it's supposed to be like, he's a part of two worlds. It's really hard to explain because it's only a trailer. I don't know when it's coming out, and it's Canadian, but it looks so cool, and I was like, you know what? How come America, we can't do this shit? Like, we've talked about this plenty of times, that now that the internet has grown so big where... Everything you get is from the internet, right? You're paying so much attention to like world politics and 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 things that are happening across the world that years ago wouldn't matter to you, but now it's like, oh my god, what this Korean pop star is retiring? What? No, uh, I can't believe that. And <laughs> and from afar, it seems kind of weird because it's like. Yeah, but, like, that stuff doesn't really matter to us, right? Because our stuff, at least for the longest time, has been so yeah, American-centric. We're number one. Yeah. We wait for everyone else to to, yeah. to catch up. Yeah. And I, and I think I remember specifically when I started to realize, like, oh, yeah, that's not how it is anymore, is when they were talking about, like, YouTubers and, you know, big YouTubes and all this stuff. And then they started talking about, like, YouTubes from different countries. And it's like, what? No, but America. It's America. What are you doing? America. Yeah, I don't want to talk about <laughs> other countries' YouTube. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, because you can find anything yeah. now. Because isn't, like, the bit aren't, like, some of the biggest YouTubers actually from, like, India or something? India has, India has like, the biggest... YouTube channel. But yeah, I mean, that kind of opened my eyes to be like, wow, like we're really, 
starting to move away from, you know, just being like, you see that American thing? And it's like, yeah, because like, I think we just, we suck at a lot of things now. <laughs> Not everything. Yeah. Obviously. Well, yeah. But, but watching that trailer, it was like, this thing's fucking tight. And the crazy part is, is as much as I feel like Canada is kind of tied in with their like native shit and, you know, fucking native people over, I still feel like America, it's mostly like an American thing. Yeah. Especially living in Arizona where it's like the biggest population for Native American tribes. It's something that. If you're from Arizona, if you don't know about it, you're literally oblivious because everywhere you go is something native. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's like, why couldn't we have this here? Like, how how hard was it to just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. to just have something so American, but then people are like, nah, that's not us. Like, we, every once in a while you get little, little things here and there, but this is something that we talked about before with, like this new age of like horror and sci-fi and weirdness coming, coming through like the mainstream, but like in a big way, uh-huh. having a show where it's like, okay, what if we did like this weird sci-fi show? Right. And like the kid like meets his dad after forever. And like, he's a part of like this demon thing. And like, Ooh, Oh, cool. Sounds like, good. And so you'd cast like a, who would you cast? Like a Timothy Chalamet? Well, I was thinking we do like mostly native American casts. You get that shit out of here. <laughs> That's really what it feels like. <laughs> and I don't know. It just, it, it's a lot of things that's like, I'm not saying that what we do here is bad, but I do feel like a lot of stuff that's really great here yeah. is starting to be influenced by the world, not mm-hmm. just America. Yeah. I mean, we talk about all the time, like how some of our favorite directors or actors or whatever they're starting to do things outside the sphere of, you know, American culture. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, did you see so-and-so? He did this movie, and it's technically like a Brazilian film or something. Yeah, and then or, did you see that an international film won for Best Picture for the first time ever last year? Yeah, I don't know. It just, like, thinking about it, it's like, so where do we go from here? Because... Obviously, we're totally down for the yeah. change, right? Yeah, because that I mean, that's ideas that, and perspectives that we hardly get to see. That's one reason why I like seeing like international films. I was going to say foreign films again, <laughs> because that is perspectives that you normally don't get to see. Like I've always said, they make cinema different than the way we do. We're so used to Hollywood, right, and the Hollywood method, and people here constantly we like we've said in arizona that we've worked with want to make the hollywood way right but it's like but you can be influenced by films that are not from here like people in hollywood were like years before they were inspired by like japanese films like french new wave films like italian films and then yet they incorporated those things and then they're like no this is my it's our thing now it's hollywood now Oh, it sounds like they took other people's culture and they appropriated it for themselves. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I just, it just makes me feel like we have so much here to do so, so much like great shit. And what do we get? Like a Stranger Things? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, I just got done watching that. The season two of Hannah and Hmm. that's like an American based show that they took overseas Hmm. and just not having it in America made it feel that much better. Like, you know what I mean? I I don't know. Hmm. It's one of those things where, especially right now in the climate that we're in, we know that there's people clinging on to this. Oh, America's so great. And here's why we should always, kneel or we should never kneel to the flag and all this is so great and it's like the more people show their colors the more i realize like yeah like this fucking sucks (laughs) (laughs) and those old shitty american stories aren't like good anymore Mm -hmm. don't they don't make sense anymore 
hours. No. And I don't know. It just seeing something like that, being native, being an American, knowing that we've physically have tried to break through for decades and decades and decades and always fell to the wayside. Seeing something like this, it's like, why couldn't we just do that? Like, why couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It just, it was so cool to see, but so upsetting at the same point. Mm. You know, it just, it furthers that idea that's like, we fucking suck here. Like, we do so much good, but the good that we seem to do seems to be the obscure shit. And then we get stuff like, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody being pushed down their throats as look how amazing this is. Look Disgusting. how great this is. Nothing can compare yes. to this. More oh my god. There's so much more way better than that. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like I don't want to hear another fucking semi biographical movie about a bunch of fucking white people that you don't even tell the truth of what happens. Yeah. You you water it all down because you're like, well, we need to appeal to the widest um, audience we can. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, I'm excited to illegally stream it when yeah. it comes out. It's not gonna be anywhere. <laughs> no, it's a it's a Canadian television. Like it's well, made we, for a ca- we eventually Canada get Canadian things, right? Yeah, like on Netflix, like four years after. God damn it! Because that actually that sounds really interesting. Because it's like. Yeah, it's like, it's such a different story. It's refreshing. Yeah. It just makes you think, you know. This is the fucking news. There is a rumor going around that Disney Plus is going to be bringing us a Lando Calrissian TV series that's also going to star Donald Glover. I mean, he's obviously going to reprise the role from Solo. I mean, nothing. Nothing is really set in stone. Um, they've just been talking about it uh, because one one thing that we know is that they are going to obviously we're going to have another season of The Mandalorian. We're going to have a Cassia, um, Cassian Andor um, a spinoff that's a prequel to Rogue One, and I think it's a uh, um, and then so also in more recent they they are in talks to do a show. Um, sequel a show sequel to solo so we are getting more of that so i think it might all tie in together um like uh like obviously like lando and han solo and all that stuff and i think they're gonna try and bring everyone back from solo like um amelia clark and obviously not the people who are dead but i think they're gonna expand on like the like darth maul stuff that we got to got teased about which i think also would then lead into like the um obi-wan kenobi um tv series right because don't they eventually face off again uh so that i mean i feel like eventually it's going to be kind of like their own like mini like spinoff universe in in on disney plus that sounds stupid dom that sounds amazing skimmy george What's his name? Lucas? George fuck up. Give me whatever he wanted to do. I heard that he has a script, a loose script of what mm. could have happened. Let's just film that. Oh, okay. Oh, we should just bring Colin Trevorrow to come in and remake all three um, Force Awakens, um, Last Jedi, and um, um, what's it called? Rise of Skywalker? I mean, we got to do what we got to do. Sorry. Duel of the, Duel of the Fates. I don't know. I just I love that they're like that they're doing this. Like this is what we I wanted Disney to do to begin with, but then because everyone complained, remember? No, 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 oh, not everyone. What? Who who who's not everyone? Hardcore Star Wars fans. Oh, and then it didn't complain. They knew better. Oh, okay. But I, isn't Kathleen Kennedy still there? <laughs> isn't that the one thing that they've been waiting to like? Oh, we need to get her out of there. Well, for us real Star Wars fans, yes, this is a good thing. Mm. This is basically what we wanted since, I don't know, we figured out how Disney wanted to go about treating a Star Wars as a whole. And it's, it's exciting, but it's frustrating because this is stuff I feel like we could have already had if it wasn't for the backlash between avid watcher I don't, I don't know i don't know if i could call them fans 
because something wasn't exactly what they wanted. And it's the man child who thinks that these movies are still like specifically made for them. And women child. Oh, sorry. And women child. And yeah, it just, it's, it's, it's something that we saw, I think, when we saw Rogue One. Mm-hmm. That everything just clicked and it was like, yeah, okay, this is what we want. This is exactly what we want. Sure, this is a story that we didn't really think about. Sure, this isn't a bunch of people that we know. Sure, this isn't, you know, a part of the bigger picture, like in the grand scale of things. But it that little part of what Rogue One did to mm-hmm. the bigger story of Star Wars was like, imagine this, but like everywhere. Yeah. Imagine having this one story told a thousand years before the prequels. Having this one told about the um, the outer rim or the outer galaxy or whatever, right? Like, there's all this stuff that is there that they could do that they were planning to maybe do that then halted because, yeah, but oh, they should have got the guy who looked like uh, Harrison Ford to play Han Solo. Yeah, I agree because that's why I didn't see, like it. Not only did he well, look like him. Wait, I, excuse oh, me. Wait, go, go I on. didn't like it at first. Yeah, but like now I watch it. You know, it's oh not no, that I bad. completely agree because you know now in hindsight I agree that um Solo is actually a really good movie. But at the time I hated it because that guy actually sounded like Harrison Ford too. Remember? Yeah, I mean, it sounds dumb, right? That God. you're getting exactly what you want, but then it's not exactly what you want. So I then it's him. all terrible. I hate them. I hate them all. And I mean, look at it. We've talked about this so many times. Like literally so many times. I'm almost positive you could go through every episode that we did and... Maybe once a month. We probably talked about Star Wars (laughs) and fandom and whatever. But the thing is, is we got exactly what we wanted from this new era of Star Wars. And the people who thought they were fans, who just loved the original trilogy, and maybe the extended universe, they're the ones who are like, yeah, but even though this is exactly what I've been wanting for, for decades, it's not exactly what I imagine. So all of it's trash. And it really boggles my mind because you say you love this stuff and then you get exactly what you want from it, but they didn't tell the story exactly the same or they referenced this, but uh, it was a throwaway line or or now, well, now that we're seeing this, this this takes away from this whole book and stuff. And we already talked about that. We already talked about how none of the shit that was written back in the day was even for sure going to be a part of the, the mm-hmm. canon, you know, Star Wars universe. Disney now has a hard line of this is what's canon. And they go about and saying, you know what? Now that we're doing this, you see this, this person or this thing. Now, now that's canon too. And instead of being like, oh, my God, what could happen? They're like, yeah, but the General Thrawn that we've seen, like, he's good. But, like, I mean, it wasn't like the book. And it's like, we only saw maybe, like, a total of him runtime, maybe, like, 20 minutes of him in in a cartoon. Yeah. Imagine what they could do. If they're just like, okay, let's tell his story from the beginning. Or let's show him now. Or we don't know where Ezra is. We don't know where they went. What if yeah, what if in um what if in one of the series, bam, he pops up and he's the main villain. Yeah. Or what if he's the main villain of the Mandalorian and we just didn't know yet? Exactly. Like, instead of being excited for that, they're just they're little crybaby bitches. And they want to ruin what's something that is supposed to be so sacred to them. I, I, I just don't get it because I don't get it either. Disney has, I'm not saying Disney's the greatest thing in the world, but Disney has constantly been working towards how can we make the Star Wars universe adaptable to what we're doing now, but still make it fun and exciting. And, and, and they've been, and they've doing, been that. doing that. Yeah, yeah, they've been constantly doing that. It's not like 
Marvel where they finally got everything under house and they're like, yeah, but these Marvel TV shows, they're still going to not be a part of the main universe. That's like, That's why? That's the only thing that, yeah, makes me get like, why Why wouldn't you just make it? Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to get to whatever. that. But Disney and Star Wars, on the other hand, they've been working at it to make all of this better. To say, hey, we don't know for sure the whole story behind this thing, but th- these people are in canon. We'll just have to wait and see what comes out of it. So something crazy kind of happened. Um, Netflix just bought the rights to an R No Sleep Horror Story. So guys out there and, and ghouls, <laughs> get it? Because I'm, I'm just joking because like, they're, they're girls. But anyways, um, if you're writing a story on um, Reddit right now, it could be turned into um, a feature film. So Netflix has made a... <laughs> I like how they, they put in quotes... A low seven-figure deal to acquire the screen rights to Matt Query's short horror story, My Wife and I Bought a Ranch, which was posted across six installments on Reddit. Um, So it's reported that Query's brother um, has been tapped to write the screenplay, while um, Scott Glasgold of Ground Control Entertainment will take the role of producer. Wow, they're getting um, James Wan to to come on, too, um, as a producer. So the, the the tale of terror is a uh, um one so it's like uh, I, I, okay so it's about a couple that meet their neighbors who inform them that there is a malevolent spirit in the valley, one that manifests itself by coming to the house in the same manner at the start of each season. There are certain steps that must be followed to keep the spirit out of their house and the tension and violence grow with each gory ritual as the duel between the spirits and the ex-marine soldier becomes personal. It doesn't sound like a bad story. It's just kind of crazy that they're like going on and they're like, Hey, let's adapt um, this story. That's on uh our no sleep or let's adapt the slender man as a, Oh wait, they already did that. Honestly, it doesn't surprise me. But- I mean, we saw this with Slender Man. I mean, I think that obviously <laughs> some other things. But when the internet hits, I think now mainstream media is starting to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not fast enough, like with Five Nights at Freddy's. When that thing was at its peak, they should have got 100 people on that to just put something out. Because that would have made them money. And look, look, straight up, it would have made them so much money. And what do they do? Oh, yeah, no, we're still trying to figure it out. It's like, but no one gives a fucking shit anymore. Look at what they did with the banana splits. You should have just done something like that. Well, about I, five nights Allegedly, that's what it came out of. But I think that in the, you know, recent couple of years, a lot of this more YouTube stuff has been coming forward of like, oh, wow, people are paying a lot of money and a lot of attention to this and this and this. Now mainstream is like, hmm, how can we copy it? Or how can we get a piece of it? And obviously with stuff like Reddit and whatnot, I mean, how many times have you heard of a news article or whatever? And they say, oh, blah, 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 Reddit. Or they talk about Reddit. Or, oh, these pictures were found on Reddit. Or, yeah. oh, the story started accumulating on Reddit. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's 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 one of those things where this is another example of something great on the internet. For, you know, for how long now, right? Years. Now that people are starting to pay attention. Because even the, the one story that the random kid makes up could be... The creepiest story in the world. I we we've talked about before how just reading creepy pastas from back in the day still stuck with us, even if they were four paragraph stories. Just the idea that someone was able to paint in our heads of this little yeah. story happening. It's like fuck. That sounds really cool. Yeah, we should the do that. Bridge Nine board. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, I think this is bound to happen. Oh right? yeah, of course. And so, I mean, I don't know. It's it's cool. I, I really don't care about the story because I don't 
you know, I there's not a friend of me, so I can't say. Yeah. But when it comes out, it's like, yeah, I wonder what this could lead to. Because even if this movie doesn't pay off the way it does, whatever, I hope that they stick with that mindset of, let's see what the internet wants to offer. There's Because there's stories, authentic stories from real people, whether you want to believe them or not, that are actually creepy as fuck. Stories that stories that feel like you could probably sell, like your family could probably sell, right? Um, one of my favorites talking about the Bridge Nine board when we watched their their like creepy pasta or whatever story thread. The one guy had a story about like this witch's lake or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. And like just everything about that was like that's fucking cool. And imagining that, like imagine if someone came across that and made that into like a short film or a movie or a TV series. But, yeah, no, honestly, I do love this idea of, like, pulling these people out of, like, this this place where, like, they made a niche for themselves. So, like, hey, like, now we're going to give you guys a shot to, like, to to create these stories. Because, obviously, you you don't, you're not um, bound by anything. Because no, normal, me- like, um, media in the past is, like, okay, you had to go through, like, a publisher to publish this. You had to go through a newspaper if you wanted to publish this, or a magazine, right? Like, you had to go through magazine, or um, even with film. Like, if you wanted to make a film, you, you couldn't just make it yourself. You had to have people pay, and you had to make, get the money, and you got to buy the equipment, this and that. But look at the internet. It's making it so much easier for people to to tell their stories, right? Like, think about, like, 20 years ago. Like, people would tell these stories, right? But, like... They had nowhere to, to, to put them to. They had no outlet. Or they had an outlet. It was like, oh, yeah, they wrote at some guy's um, local magazine and no one ever saw it. And then they, they got old and died. But it's just it's just crazy because it's like you can people can actually share like their different ideas. Because what if someone has this crazy idea and it's, it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds like awesome. Like I would work as great as like a movie. But then. Like, no one comes along, but, like, finally now, like, Netflix comes along and they're like, hey, you know what? This sounds like a great movie. I I really do hope that this sways the mind of, like, creators in Hollywood to say, hey, you know what? How about you don't keep giving us these shitty movies that we don't care about and instead look to, like, what people are into right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you never know what could come out of an internet crazed sensation or, uh, you know, one of the craziest or silly, like, uh, threads on Reddit or whatever. Like, it sounds dumb. It really does. But it kind of makes a lot of sense, especially in 2020. Yeah. Where people are published writers specifically on the internet. That's true. So, I don't know. Interesting. So... I'd love to see where it goes. So Universal and AMC Theaters announced a game-changing 17-day theatrical window agreement. What that means is that going forward, under Universal Pictures and Focus Features, AMC will, um, across the United States, they'll have a 17-day theatrical window. So until now, it was 90 days. And then they can put it on wherever streaming they can release it into like like on blu-ray dvd whatever so now that window has shrunk to 17 days which honestly is because weren't they just fighting like months ago about how oh we're never going to show nothing on amc and amc's like you know you're going to come back and then they decided like okay well we'll compromise which is kind of crazy because it's like you kind of want like the the that the weeks of like, hey, go go in to go to the theaters and you're making the, the ticket sales. But I think this also, like we talked about how doesn't um the, the studio makes more money off of the home video, right? The like the straight to the VOD, um um rather than the ticket sales. So I I I don't know. Do you think this is another step towards us weaning off of uh? theaters or do you think it's just gonna kind of help and like be more some symbi- symbiotic I don't think anything is gonna matter much until all this is set in place for three months okay because 
once things get back to normal, whatever, you know, there's going to minus that point. There's going to be your I feel like there's going to be around three months where you could really tell if one thing is better than the other. And then I feel like that's where we know where we're going to be. So if in those three months you saw that most people are just ignoring the VOD because they're like, yeah, but I'll just go to the movie. Why would I buy this for twenty dollars when I could just go to the movies for seven? And I feel like that's going to be a lot of people's thoughts because going to the movies is kind of just a normal thing. But it could also be, you know, because we live in this post. Or hopefully we survive and live in this <laughs> post-pandemic era where people are like, yeah, the movies are cool. But instead of taking my family of six to go to movies, we could just buy it here or rent it here. And we don't have to worry about going out. We could stay in. It's going to be a lot cheaper. We might see there's a separation between like, oh, family movies do really good on VOD. But, you know, these rated R movies, like they do better in theaters or, you know, oh, we see that the the Marvel movies, you know, they do good sales in both. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I feel like we're really going to get the numbers. And then we're going to say like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we're actually going to need movie theaters because no one wants to watch it at home if they have the opportunity to go to theaters. Or, oh, well, we might have to rethink how we're going to do the, like, have movie theater releases because we're making so much money on VOD. And not, obviously, not just Universal. I know this is going to come across with other people, too. So, who knows, like, what's going to happen with those other companies. But... That's when I feel like you could actually make a, a, a assumption of like, oh, okay, so the VOD thing, that was just because we were in a pandemic and no one could leave. And everyone was bored and they were like, well, fuck, that movie just came out. Let's watch it. Because to be honest, I'm not saying that that's not true, but I mean, we've seen other movies get released and I didn't hear anything super crazy big about them. Just, hey, you can watch this right now if you want to. You know, and tro- I mean, to be honest, Trolls was never the biggest movie ever anyways. That's true. So the fact that that made a bunch of money, at least more than the original, it was like, oh, cool. Maybe this is, you know, let's this is having a conversation about you know, what could be in the future. But I mean, because they won't release stuff like Tenet <laughs> and uh, yeah, ha- and Halloween and stuff like that straight to VOD. We can't really tell because we know that those are the movies that people are going to go see anyways. So we're kind of left like uh, still wondering. So honestly, uh, like what most things we talk about, time really is going to tell. But it doesn't help that we haven't had much of anything in the last couple of months to say like, see, every time a new movie gets released and makes X amount more money. Yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna I think yeah we're gonna have to have both. And you're right; it's gonna take a little bit to be able to like a- accurately like be like okay, definitely this is what's gonna this is what's going down. So, yeah, we'll see. But it is interesting mm-hmm. that you know they actually met in the middle somewhat. So, I don't know. When was the last time you spoke to her? It's been a few weeks. Gran? Mom? Mom? She called me a few weeks ago. I think she was scared. She thought someone was coming into the house. Do you know where you were, Mum? I suppose I went out. What's this? I was on the property when your grandfather inherited it. His mind wasn't there in the end. You can't put Gran in a home. She can't live on her own anymore. She has to be watched. Everything all right, Gran? I thought this was where it got in. 
Who? Whoever was coming into the house. Mum, what is it? It's here. Under the bed. There's nothing under the bed, Mum. Will you check for me? I can see you. Relic is a 2020 horror drama film directed by Natalie Erica James in her directorial debut. When Edna, played by Robin Nevin, the elderly and widowed matriarch of the family, goes missing, her daughter Kay, played by Emily Mortimer, and granddaughter Sam, played by Bella Heathcote, travel to their remote family home to find her. Kay calls the police to get help locating her missing mother. Sam runs into a neighbor boy, Jamie. They catch up, and Jamie explains that his parents don't want him hanging around the house anymore. Later, Kay and Sam are in the living room, as knocking comes from the wall. Suddenly, as they move closer to the wall, something pounds on the wall and a black mold forms where the sounds came from. The next morning, Edna is in the kitchen making breakfast. Kay stumbles upon her and sees that her feet and clothes are filthy. She is very disoriented and irritated at all the fuss being made over her. Kay and the doctor who examine her chalk it up to age and perhaps dementia. Kay agrees to stay with her mother for a couple of days, even though it is increasingly obvious that Edna is not well and will need full-time care. Sam offers to move out and stay with her grandmother to take care of her. Kay doesn't like that idea at all. Both Kay and Sam sense that something is very wrong in this house, but Edna's fear of the house, or the little note she keeps crumbled up in her pocket which reads, don't follow it, are chalked up to dementia. Sam admires a ring that belongs to Edna, and Edna gives it to her, only for Edna to forget and violently try and take the ring back. Sam gives it back, upset and scared. During her stay with Edna and Sam, Kay has dreams of the old cabin house that stood on the property before the house now. We see the same stained glass window on the cabin door that is on the house door. We see an emaciated figure in the bedroom, and the figure slumps off the bed, and under the bed reveals the figure surrounded by mold. Sam comes across Jamie's dad and asks why the boy is not allowed at the house anymore. Jamie's dad explains that when Jamie went over last, he wandered into the linen closet, and Edna locked him in there for hours. Sam goes to investigate the linen closet and finds the same mold. She starts to go down a hallway and finds another part of the house. She freaks out and heads back, but decides to explore further. She eventually comes to a fork with two doors and heads back, only to find the way blocked. Edna goes to the bathroom and turns the water on in the tub. It overfills and hits a wire, causing the power to go out. Kay, becoming distraught by the sounds in the bathroom, tries to open the bathroom door, but is locked. She grabs some boxes to stand on and sees Edna stabbing her face. As Sam becomes more and more disoriented, the hallway becomes smaller and smaller. Kay gets into the bathroom and is attacked by Edna, who chases her into the linen closet. Here she becomes disoriented and confused as Edna chases her into the labyrinth, which eventually leads to Sam. They hear the sounds of the possessed Edna coming towards them. Kay and Sam begin to demolish the wall as it has a large black mold patch. They break through in time for Sam to make it out, leading to the living room, and Kay about to climb out when Edna grabs her legs. Sam is able to pull Kay out along with Edna. As Kay and Sam are about to leave the house for good, Kay stops and goes to Edna. Parts of Edna's skin has peeled off to reveal a blackened figure 
like in Kay's dream. Kay helps Edna to her room and helps her remove the rest of her skin. She lays Edna down as Sam enters the room. Kay lies down spooning her mother as Sam does the same with Kay. Sam notices a black bruise on Kay's back. Relic. A story about white people mm-hmm. and what it means to be white. I think it's about dementia. No, cuz in in the in the movie uh-huh. it shows like first of all how horrible white people are <laughs> even to their own blood, right? That, you know what that's true. And then at the end it's this acceptance of oh, we're not as good as we think we are mm-hmm. and that we're basically born these horrible demons. <laughs> and in order for us to come full circle, you have to accept that you're both horrible uh, with your skin on and deep down inside. <laughs> That's such a... <laughs> I didn't see that kind of... I didn't see that analysis anywhere on the internet. Yeah. Hmm, strange. See, because... The it's like a it's like a cascade of Ooh. horribleness, right? Quite the the mom sees the 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 mother sees her mom as being like this horrible mom, right? And then the daughter sees her as being like good and stuff. She's like, oh, you don't know her. But then the grandma sees the daughter being amazing, but the mom's not like, no, you don't know her. And then the daughter doesn't like the mom, but the daughter doesn't know the mom, what, what she went through. So it's just everyone hating everyone. And at the end, they're like, oh, we're born horrible demons. Yeah. We got to accept that we're horrible demons. Oh, that's why she takes off her skin. Cause she's like, we have to reveal ourselves as the demons we are. Yeah. And, and, and that's when the mom's like, huh. yes, of course I, I understand now that you're horrible and that's just who you are and that's who I'm going to be. And the daughter's starting to understand that that's who her mom's going to be because she's always been horrible, Mm. but it's fine because she herself is horrible. Huh. See? God, that's such a deep analysis. I think we don't even need to go further. That's the end of the episode. All right, guys. Um, So here's our socials. I mean, might as well end it because that's all you need to know about it. I mean, it's pretty plain and simple. I haven't really saw what anyone else said, but I'd be pretty surprised if they don't follow what, exactly what Literally all everyone else has said is it's about dementia. No, it's dumb. Or She doesn't or, have dementia. She knows exactly what's going on. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's withholding everything. That's what don't. That's not what older white people do, anyways. They give you stuff, and then they're like, well, "Who gave you that? You stole that!" Yeah, thief, thief. Literally everything, every single thing, and and like that's what's really cool about this movie is it speaks volumes of like, this isn't just about white people in Australia. It's about white people worldwide. I don't even think there that was. I know it's an Australian director, but I think it was set in England, wasn't it? Oh fucking no! And then, <laughs> and then like it's showing like look at as amazing and wonderful and strong as white people think they are. They're really just old, decrepit. They can't seem to get things straight, and it's just showing you the worst of the worst of what this superior race is supposed to be when it's like look at look at how easily your skin comes off and that's a metaphor to be like see you guys can't even be out in the sun without almost dying we we literally have bodies built to be out that's true so this is why i think that movie done really well but can i can i um can i at least talk about the other dumb theories and, and things um yeah, I mean, I think also it does play as a good metaphor for dementia at some points because it's a, a lot of the story is like, oh, like there's notes all over the place, like take a bath and look in the mirror and don't look in the mirror and close the door and flush the toilet. 
some things like that. You know what I mean? But then also, I think it also gets into when, you know, when uh, Sam gets into like the, the, that closet space and then it like turns into this whole like labyrinth type of thing. And I was just, I thought that was, that, that got kind of crazy right there. I was like, damn, this is getting spooky. But um, also, I, some people were trying to also say like, oh, is it more like demonic? And is it like, oh, a spirit in the house? Because that's kind of how they at first kind of play it off. But then I think it becomes more and more apparent that it's really about how demonic white people are in the end. Yeah, this kind of falls in line with a lot of like newer horror movies that we're getting. Like we said, how it's moving away from just like the uh, jump scares and oh, look at how much CG monsters we can build. And it's kind of like that more underground level horror where you're playing with a lot of emotions and the unknown and stuff like that. I mean, there's parts of this movie where it's like, oh, this kind of reminds me of a hereditary. Yeah. How, like how dark the whole movie in tone feels on. And there's certain like ways the camera moves and stuff. And like, and like I said, that be, it's because I feel like we're in this new age where we're getting like cinematic pieces of horror as opposed to just, cartoonish style yeah it can't be over over the top although i kind of miss those sometimes i we still get them like people love that fucking terrifier that's true but i i still haven't seen it but i don't know it doesn't really i don't know if it interests me i mean like i said if you're still interested in it they still have it but i feel like now we're in this 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 era we can make these beautiful movies and it's like oh but it's also a horror movie and it's like oh yeah i guess Duh. <laughs> yeah, we so. can finally start nominating them for best pictures. But I mean, you know, from coming coming from what I heard from other people saying how good of a movie this is, this is kind of exactly what I thought. I mean, I didn't really know what it was about. I just knew it was about them trying to like take care of their grandma. Yeah. And it's pretty much all we got. Uh yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna go out and say like Oh, this movie's like one of the best movies. No, like when we saw Annihilation, mm, that was like, yeah, that was like a oh, damn, that was a good movie. But this one's like, I'm so glad we're getting these movies. Now. Yeah, it's more of that. It's more of like a like a Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, yeah, I get it. it's not perfect, but goddamn, was just a good movie. I enjoyed it and had a lot of fun. It's like that, but you know, with horror and stuff now do you think in the end should it have been like something like more like a more definitive of like ooh, it's a it was a demon that possessed them or it was something haunting the family or more of the or or do you think it was good that they did this kind of ambiguous like oh it's a it's symbolic see yeah i feel like what the what the movie is going for that's exactly why it works because you could easily had someone come out. Or you could have the grandma come out. And she's like, oh, it was the further the whole time. <laughs> and then it's dumb and corny and stupid. But we don't. Like like I said, because we're in this like new age era of, like, of having these movies both say a lot without having to say a lot. And they can show you a ton but not really explain a ton. That you can kind of draw on your own conclusions of, oh, this is what this is. Oh, there's a there's an ancient horror that lives in this this uh, this area and that the family, you know, is uh, enthralled in it. Or if it's, oh, no, it's, you know, they it's something a part of them or, oh, no, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Kind of whatever, whatever conclusion you want to draw, I feel like you're probably fine with whatever because... Because how these movies work is you watch them and you're constantly paying attention to what's going on. So at the very end, when you're drawing your conclusion, it's, well, no, it's because of this, this, this. Like, that makes sense, right? And then you could look at your other way and be like, no, well, if we were looking at it, this, 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 and this makes sense. And maybe we're both wrong or maybe we're both right. I mean, we we know that a lot of uh, filmmakers now are, are, are way more open to the idea of just letting a film be and however you want to take it, you take it. So 
I think that's why this movie works is because yes. even though it does show some weird, creepy shit and it kind of ties in this thing or this other thing, and it's like obviously there's something there, right? But you don't really know what it is, and at the end you're just like, so what? What? <laughs> I think it's fine because at the end it's like, well, I guess this is the conclusion I want to draw, or yeah. well, I think this is the more definitive conclusion I get from it. Mm-hmm. I think for what we got, this movie's really good. Uh, definitely live up to the hype. So, yeah, if you guys want to watch it, please do so. I think it's a, it's an interesting story, you know. It's yeah. something you don't really see a lot. You have a, a strong female cast. It's, it's kind of slow moving, but then you get to a point where it starts, like, getting, like, really good. And, you're, and from there, it's just kind of like, Bam, 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 but not in like a not in like a big Hollywood explosion type way. But it's just things start lining up where it's like, oh, 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 shit. Um, but it does it in like a really good way. Yeah. So, movie backed pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Go watch it if you can. Yeah. And if not, just keep it on your radar. Yeah. talk about some actors who decided to go a little all out for their roles right so like christian bale he decided to not only go all out for the machinist right where he lost oh my god how much he like what oh 60 pounds for the role and he was like disgusting right and then not only that but like a couple years later he bounced back and like added everything back on because um just a couple years later he did batman and he needed to be like, look at guys, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm muscle. I got, I'm, I'm not, not as, not as great as like Ben Affleck, but, Obviously. but I mean, he, he still like, it's kind of crazy to think like you go from like this extreme, um, like diet to like another extreme kind of diet where it's like, you got to pack on muscle kind of crazy, especially when you see the machinist and you're like, yikes. What movie did he pack on a ton of weight for? Um, Pretty recently, Vice. Vice. Yeah, and see, and he does it um, multiple times like that. Yeah, which I was I was looking at a comparison um, of him and uh, Dick Cheney. I was like, God damn, he looks like Dick Cheney. And it's like, oh, they got him right, right down to that. Why he's a terror on set? Yeah, he's a terror on set. He's a terror in the bed. That's his words, not mine. Uh, Meryl Streep. So. I mean, we all know Meryl Streep. She's the Meryl Streep of Meryl Streep's. <laughs> but for um, her film, Sophie's Choice, which is a tragic film, unless you're a Nazi and you're like, oh, it was a comedy the whole time. She lost 24, 24, five, sorry, 25 pounds and cut all of her hair off to add to the authenticity of a particular scene at Auschwitz, which was just one scene. So she did all this for one scene, which, I don't know, you think that's going a little too far? Mm, no. I feel like if you're... When when you're like that caliber of actor, I feel like, yeah. You know, I, I, I always thought it'd be funny if you saw someone like a Seth Rogen who was in this B character role in a movie... And he decided to get just ripped as fuck for it <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Like the the character didn't have it for no reason. And then after the movie's over, he just goes back normal. Like I always thought something like that would be kind of funny. But I'm pretty sure most of these are gonna be like, oh yeah, like I had to really get into the character. It paid off. She won the Academy Award for um, Best Actress in um, 1982. Um, Heath Ledger. I mean, we all know what he did to get into the mind of the Joker. I mean, he had to do tons. He had to do tons of drugs in order to get into the mind of the Joker, and he really cut his face like that. Did you know that? That wasn't uh, prosthetics. Um, but do you remember when um he died and everyone said, "Oh, it was because he got into this character," and like, because remember he like had like a bunch of journals and stuff. But it's just because people don't want to face the facts that, like, their heroes do, like, hardcore drugs constantly. And he just happened to just do a little too much. 
And it kind of sucks because he's a great actor. He won an Academy Award for this. You're going to find that a lot on this list, too. It just goes to show you when you transform yourself, you 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 win an Academy Award. Oh, uh, wait. The next one's Jim Carrey for playing Andy Kaufman in Man in the Moon or Man on the Moon, which he did a really good job. I, I love that movie. Yeah. Although I never watched the behind the scenes because I heard that Jim Carrey's like a jerk. Well, I, I heard that he was just too much in the character. Oh. He wouldn't get out of it. And so. That makes sense, though, because, I mean, it would make sense why you would think he is such a, like, for being in that character. Yeah. Because some, it, someone said that they've worked with him before and he wasn't like that, but it was, uh, it was a pressure of him doing this movie and trying to be taken serious. Plus, like, oh, him wanting yeah. to stay in character. Because this was when he did, like, The Majestic and Number 23, right? The best movie. When he was like, oh, I gotta be a, I gotta be a serious actor now, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, no more Mr. Funny Guy. But this movie's about <laughs> funny guy. I said no more Mr. Funny Guy. Uh, but it is a good movie. I love um, Andy Kaufman, especially his... His humor is hilarious. He only won the, the, the Golden Globe for Best Actor, which is like coming in third place. It's not even like, you're not even second place, which is first loser. Um, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I, I'm going to say, um, I think it says in here for um, I'm Still Here, which I, I haven't seen that one because remember, that's the one where he said he's like, well, I'm quitting acting. I'm going to be a musician. But it was all because of the movie, which I still want to see because I hear it's really good. But I mean, also, he doesn't, I mean, he, he, he transforms for other roles. Like, um, I'm still, no, I'm not, I'm still here. God damn it. Um, remember where he I'm has like, also here. Yes. I'm also here. No, where he kills like all the people with the hammer. And yeah, I can't remember. Th- this is where I, I make it. Oh, that one, this one's kind of disturbing. Um, Adrian Brody for when he played, um, Waldy Bilsman. I can't pronounce this name. It's for the pianist, not the penis, the pianist. Where uh, so he first lost thirty one pounds. Um, he gave up his apartment, all of his belongings, including his car, to come close to the type of loss that the character experienced. And he never bounced back. Nope. Have you ever heard, you've never, I've never seen another Adrian Brody movie. Have you? I mean, <laughs> name another one. Exactly. Gothica. Isn't he in that one? <laughs> Isn't this what they're always talking about, though? Like when, when people complain that there's, oh, why do we have to let trans people place trans people? Yeah, I mean, where, where to draw the line? It's hard to say because sometimes, yeah, when you're trying to write a story and you're like, hey, Christian Bale, uh, we want you to play Batman, but, you know, you got to get big and strong. He's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. And then they'll, and he comes and they're like, no, we said big and strong like like a like a Batman. He's like, yeah, yeah look I got his muscles. Oh, it's like, oh, fuck. I guess I'm um, Yeah, okay, go to... Costume, I guess. They're like, fuck, we fucked this one up, Paul. Um, So, yeah, I get it, right? That's what you're looking for. But where does it, where where do you draw the line where it's too far? Where you're you're Adrian Brody and you're like, well, I got to lose everything. So um, I guess I'm just going to throw myself out this window and become homeless for a month. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe just like one step at a time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, actors are a different breed. Yeah. And yeah, what we said with uh, the inclusion thing and representation, sometimes they feel like they should be a part of that conversation because, hey, I may not be this trans woman or I may not be a real Native American, but I should be able to come on screen and and show everyone like these are how great these people are. These are the these are the lives that these people lead. And it's like, I get the sentiment, but we move far past that where we can actually get a trans man in that role and show yeah. you those the how that life lives. We can get Native Americans 
from the reservation. We have you how they are. actors now, like um, and um, just we just saw the relic or relic and um, Peter Brenner Falcon, um, who people who have Down syndromes and they they want to be actors, they want to be in these films, and they can play these characters, and it's like, hey, yeah, what if we just let these people who have disabilities? They're not really disabilities. It's not a handicap. But it's like, no, like that's how real people are. Sometimes in real situations, real people have things that are just like, oh, it's like, oh, that makes you you. Yeah, take that, Meryl Streep. <laughs> for, for just shaving your head and losing 25 pounds to shoot a film about the Holocaust. Is she Jewish? <laughs> but I mean, I do think it's cool that people will go out of their way to do this stuff. Um, I think we talked about what's his name, Camille, doing the the Marvel stuff. How mm-hmm. he got paid to basically put on all this muscle, and I mean, yeah, it makes sense, right? You're like, hey, I'm gonna do this. I want to do this. So like that dedication towards your your craft. Yeah, it's definitely liked and wanted, but I feel like um, maybe you don't need to go as far. I, like with uh, Jared Leto and the Joker thing, he was like, how can I envelop myself in this to be the best Joker, right? But then when you look back at Keith Ledger, who literally did, in my eyes, he's still the best Joker ever. Yeah, he was you know in this mindset, but he was also on set joking with people he was skateboarding the whole time you know he was still having fun but you know he knew the character so when he was ready to be on camera he was like bam okay boom character yeah and and just goes to show how good of an actor he was yeah and so like i don't know it's weird hearing some of this stuff you know when it's like oh they did that and then they got nothing for it Oh, <laughs> good for them. What about Joaquin Phoenix? What did he do? Did he write nasty um, letters to people? Did he send rats to people? And did he did he send used condoms to people? No, he just lost a lot of weight. Oh. Jerry Leto's like, well, that's not a good Joker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's. It's always interesting, though, to see, like, how far people will go with acting. Um, I know Will Ferrell is someone, too, that they say, like, when he's in character, he wants to stay in character. And so even though, yeah, it's completely different because, you know, it's just him, like, pretending to be X person. The fact that he likes to stay in that character, like, yeah, sometimes that could be a little bit bothersome, too. But it's interesting nonetheless, you know, so. I don't know. I think some of it's pretty cool. I think some of it's over the top, but actors are over the top. Yeah, that's true. Good on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like I said, I'm waiting for the day that someone's like, I can be in this role. And then, wow, they cut off their arm to be like an amputee or something. Like in in Tropic Thunder? (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Something, whatever, Lazarus. Yeah, yeah like that. Uh, <laughs> so we're, maybe we're closer than we thought. But until then, I guess we'll say thank you for listening. Thank you. We appreciate it as always. Yeah. If you would like to support us, please follow us on any of your streaming services or you can check out our YouTube page. Uh, link will be in the description of the show. You can still follow us on our social media. That's INTB underscore podcast for Instagram and Twitter. You can also email us directly at intbpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, you can let us know. um, How do you feel about actors going fully in on their characters, even if it means putting their own lives in danger? Or... What did you think about Relic? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Were you like, um, that's not what Relic was about. It wasn't about white people. Uh, <laughs> I'm a nerd. That's what some white person would say. Bet. 
Or what did you think about anything else we talked about today? Yeah, let us know. Uh, like we've been saying, you know, reach out if you need anyone to talk to, even yeah. if it's for fun or if you're just like, hey, what did you guys think about this? Or yeah. what did you guys think about that? Or what did you guys do about what you guys do? Mm, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. So until next time, guys, remember, as always, it's not that bad. It's not that bad.